Now, especially around this time of the year, it's not so unusual to hear about uh, young students being enrolled in elementary school for the very first time. It is a little bit uh, more notable, though, when the children you're talking about, the students you're talking about, are quadruplets going to school together for the very first time. That's got to be fun. And it's even more notable when the quadruplet boys you're talking about, their mother decided to help out their, their teachers, and the teachers were worried, to help them out, to be able to distinguish between each of the four boys, shade numbers one through four in their head. I'm serious. One, two, three, four. Now, I've never had the joy of raising quadruplet boys, so I'm not going to judge. But I do think that whether the ideas seem right or wrong right now, there's going to come a time, those boys say, the number's got to go, we're done with that, I'm going to fix my hair the way I want to fix it, and I'm going to do what I want to do to distinguish myself from my other See, I think part of what the mother wanted to do was make sure the boys were able to get the right attention and get notice from people. And if I know other little kids, they're going to get notice. Right? Well, undoubtedly, and unfortunately, I think those boys will grow up. And as they find their own way to distinguish themselves from each other, you know, it's going to have to be that hard. So you grow up in a world where other people are going to be willing to distinguish them. And not so much just because they have twins that other people that look like them. People will distinguish them. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I read through the Bible and I come across a text, a, a passage or a story, I think, dang, I wish that wasn't in there. Because now I have to think about it, and now I have to deal with it and wrestle with it. And, and this morning, the text that we read is, is one of those. Now, I've told you before that this image that I think a lot of people have of Jesus, meek and mild, is probably a little off. But a lot of times when we hear that, we think, well, we can just explain that away. So the one time, Jesus went all tricky in church and started kicking over tables and screaming at people. He said, well, he was just mad because he saw stuff that it's not. He's taking Okay, fine. Well, I don't know about you, but I've always taught my children, and I was taught the same thing, that if you don't have anything nice to say, yeah, you go to Precious Jesus, I don't think you ever heard that. <laughs> Call people brood of vipers, you hypocrites. And again, we say, well, you know, he's talking to these religious folk who were taking advantage of people, and blah, 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 explain it away. Come this one day Jesus was out traveling and he decided he needed to get away. And for whatever reason or reasons that scholars and commentators will, will try to figure out for the rest of the time, Jesus decides he wishes people would stop finding him. So he goes away, presumably to a friend's house. 
but the people still fight. And it's there at the house. I see Jesus Cruz. First day of football season. I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm going to relax, get my, my time away. And no sooner he gets his feet up, somebody comes knocking on him. I imagine her crying. I imagine her probably her speech is muffled over with tears. She's trying to hold back.
<laughs> Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now, you and I can kind of miss it, but really what Jesus said there, he really gave a racial slur. In my generation, where I grew up, you know, we call each other dog. I know it's weird, but it means we're cool, it means we're together, it means we're okay. Jesus said that deal about the dogs. That's a racial slur. That was pretty common. You know, Jesus were running for office right now, he'd be in big trouble. Depending on what news station you listen to, one time would be all over him. And some of y'all, y'all be on Facebook going, hey, you know, Jesus. Dog. I struggle with that, and I hope you do as well. I think it's a good struggle. I think it's a good struggle we have. Because it looks like Jesus hasn't fully discovered the scope of his call. He hasn't really been able to see exactly everything that God has called him to do. That bothers some of us because then that means, well, well, we know Jesus is Jesus. Jesus isn't supposed to think like that or speak like that. Jesus is supposed to have it all figured out. So we try to explain it away. But it reminds me of something I heard once. I don't even realize this, but sometimes we say we don't know anything about the childhood of Jesus. We have that one story. He was 12 years old at the temple, and he's, he's getting his seats on with everybody, and they're like, oh, this kid, you know, so much. And then we have, you know, Jesus being born, and other than that, we don't know anything about Jesus' story, his, his childhood. Well, there are plenty of stories about the childhood of Jesus, but those stories didn't make it into our Bible. And part of what, what I remember hearing once is that the fear was that if, if, if parents, or even if some children heard about some of the things this little Jesus was doing. And let me tell you, this wasn't nice Jesus. This was push friend over the roof, little boy Jesus. This was curse other kids Jesus. This wasn't this precious Jesus we talked about on Sunday. The thought was, you can't include that in the Bible. Because then what are our kids going to try to do? Hey, if Jesus did, I can do it too. Jesus did, right? But the great point was that maybe they missed something. They were so worried about what people would see in one story or two stories that they missed because as those stories progressed, Jesus got to be the Jesus that we all know the world. So maybe there's a reminder that this matter what they are as children if we remain faithful and we continue, if we pray and we trust, those children will grow up Now, again, this is one of those stories that's pointed out, which kind of wasn't there. Because Jesus kind of comes off. I don't want to tell you what I originally thought, because the Lord told me not to, but he really comes off not very nice. But I think maybe we can see something in that. That maybe he did have this idea about us and them. Or maybe it was just a time issue that, okay, maybe later, not right now, now's not the time, but even then, Jesus himself.
able to go from that that understanding of us and them to this understanding that God is knowing us. That God cares for that lady and other ladies like her, other men like her, just as much as he cares for anybody else. And that Jesus could move from that understanding to this one. Because unfortunately, and I think you know this, we aren't too far removed from the us and them mentality. Right? You know how it is. Well, you know, he's from whatever you want to put in mind. And you know about those people from there. Just saying, you know. Or she went to school here, so oh my goodness. Oh, you know what that says about her. Or they make however much money a year. Anybody that makes that kind of money, you know they have to be. Y'all with me? Oh, we know us and them very well. We're real good at having these distinctions. Distinctions that I think we put. I was at a retreat once. It was a break time, so a lot of us were Hanging around, probably or something. We were all there, and there's an older gentleman. He called me over some time. Come here, I want to talk to you. He talked a little bit, and he's asking this and that. Johnny said, Johnny, you got, got a funny accent. Where are you from? I said, well, I'm from Galveston. B O I, born in the I, born in Brady's, and all that stuff. Galveston. And only half jokingly told me, if I'd have known that, I'd have hit my billfold. <laughs> so then I told him where to find the billfold. <laughs> uh, no answer. It was amazing, though. He had this perception of me after that that he couldn't match with the perception he thought he was supposed to have once he found out where I was from. Let our assumptions of other people who we think they are and what they know get those things in the way of what we have. We can put some of those aside. I think we'd be surprised if we really get a chance to make and what we'd really be able to create together. See, friends, the good news for us today, the good news, the good news of God is that God has offered grace. God has offered healing. God has offered renewal, forgiveness, and mercy, and salvation. And God has offered all of that to anyone. Doesn't matter where you're from, it's the same planet to God. Doesn't matter how much money you give or make or don't give or make. Because money, I don't think God really cares about money too much itself. Doesn't matter what denomination you're in, because I think the gods are all kind of silly. Thank you. 
think if we could be like Jesus, who seemingly went from one understanding of people can we see people differently after we have seen, seen grace, mercy, forgiveness, salvation? That instead of seeing with eyes of indifference, we could see with eyes of compassion the people who are in front of us. That we could see with the eyes of grace instead of with the eyes of love instead of tolerance. That we could see people by who and what they are that God has made them to be instead of who and what they are according to what we have made them to be. That is a challenge to those of us who have heard the good news. Past week, some of us gathered in our fellowship hall and we had a heart to heart talk with you. One of the things we, we did in that time, as we will remember, we talked about the mission statement of the United Methodist Church. Anybody want to rattle that off? Because you got it all memorized now, right? I'll sit and wait. <laughs> the mission statement of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples. Of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's a pretty big thing to say you can set out to do. I believe that one disciple decides I'm going to see people the way God sees them. That transformation begins to happen. The question for you and I this morning is why do you not want to Would you pray? Oh, gracious God, as we have received your forgiveness, as we have heard and been reminded of your goodness, as we have the hope and peace that only you can give within our souls, Pray that you would help us to be able to see things, to see people differently, to see with the eyes and heart and faith that comes from you. So that by whatever you've done to us, 